This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, folks, the Internet, uh, as you know, it may or may not have uh, died today trying to, to get to the bottom of all of this because there has been a great hue and cry about the demise of so-called net neutrality. Now, one thing that should make us really, really suspicious about all this doom and gloom is the fact that before 2015, the Internet seemed okay. So what happened today, as best as I can understand it, is that the FCC, kind of the American version of the CRTC, uh, repealed the uh, net neutrality regulations brought in in 2015 that are meant to ensure, proponents say, a free and open Internet, which I think existed before 2015. So that, that's number one. Look, we all want a free and open Internet. We like the idea of a free and open Internet. You can go on the Internet and go to whatever you want to go to, more or less. So now the pro, you know this this specter has been raised of well internet service providers basically uh, blackmailing websites and the consumer having to pay in the end. Take seven seventy chqr dot ca for an example. The idea that an internet service provider is going to come to us and say, "Hey guys, you better cough up some dough each month, or else we're going to slow down your website." Anyone trying to get to your website? It's not going to load as fast. They'll just go to other websites. Well, holy cow, I guess we better pay up and we'll have to pass the cost on to someone else. Is that, is that really going to happen? What does net neutrality mean? And what is it we should be worried about? All right, well, I want to try to get to the bottom of this. Very pleased to welcome the program here today, Kenneth Engelhart. He practices communications, privacy, and public policy law at Engelhart Law in Toronto. He's written extensively about this issue. Kenneth, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Okay, so what, what changed today? How worried should we be about what changed today? Uh, well, I don't think we should be very worried, but um, it is true that before 2015 there was light-touch regulation in the United States, and that light-touch regulation was largely uh, deemed to be uh, unlawful uh, by the courts. That's why in 2015 they brought in much tougher regulation called Title II regulations. So it probably is true, like some of the uh, concerned uh, people say, that the U.S. has really gone to having no regulations, no net neutrality regulations now, although they have um, got a memorandum of understanding with the F. TC, which is the uh, uh, competition law authority, to make sure that anti-competitive practices, privacy violations, uh, misleading advertising, etc., will still be uh, regulated by the FTC. So I think if you're a worrier, uh, the fact that there's no regulation should make you worry, but it's my view that uh, 
there is nothing to worry about because the carriers can make more money with a neutral net than they can with a non-neutral net. Explain that, because I think a lot of people envision these scenarios where Google's kicking some money to the Internet service providers every month, and in response, uh, Google gets to say, here's a list of uh, websites we hate, so you block those in exchange for us giving you some dough each month, something like that. That's exactly what people are worried about. But first of all, you have to remember that the uh, ISPs are making a fortune selling a neutral net. Uh, In in the U.S., AT&T... Uh, Comcast, Verizon, they each make about each make about ten billion dollars of profit each year. That's pure profit, and about half of that comes from the internet. So, the internet is a very popular service. People are prepared to pay hefty monthly fees. The profit margins are marvelous, and all people want is a fast, reliable, open internet connection. That's it. So once they lose that, once they don't have that fast, reliable uh, connection anymore, they're either going to pay less or they're going to go to a supplier that will give it to them uh, or they're going to cancel their service altogether. So the potential loss of profits for the carriers would be uh, tremendous if they tried to mess around with the Internet. And they can't get money from Google. Like, Google is one of the most powerful, wealthy, uh, profitable corporations in the world. Google, Amazon, uh, Netflix, Facebook. Uh, They're all much richer and much more powerful than the ISPs, and there's no way they could be coerced into giving them money. Right. So if if Shah or Talis thought that they could try to squeeze Google for a bit of money each month, that, that would probably not end well for them. That's right. Uh, when Google stopped laughing, they'd say, I've got an idea. Why don't you give me $10 million? <laughs> right. Uh, because as you say that, if people feel as though they're not being well served by their Internet service provider, they're getting lousy service from their Internet service provider, they can't access certain websites, they're going to go somewhere else. Absolutely. And um, during my years of experience in the telecom industry, what we found in the last uh, five, ten years is that people make their decision on a supplier based on the Internet. If the Internet is good, they'll, they'll you choose that supplier and they'll get their um, cable or telephone or whatever from that same supplier. So uh, making, uh, delivering a bad Internet product is going to cost you uh, in all of your businesses. Now, there are other things that would fall under what we would call net neutrality that maybe aren't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, the the idea that uh, your cell phone provider could give you free streaming services, for example, if you sign on with us, you get Netflix for free or Spotify for free or something like that. Uh, is, Is that necessarily something that we should be alarmed about? I think it isn't. And, you know, it's a funny thing if Say Spotify costs $10 a month, and say the data charges for Spotify cost $10 a month as well. If your ISP gives you free Spotify and charges you $10 a month for data, that's perfectly fine under net neutrality rules. However, if they um, uh, charge you $10 for Spotify and give you $10 of free data, that's a total violation of net neutrality rules. So uh, that is kind of perplexing. 
essentially in, in this, this idea of giving free data is called zero rating. And in Canada, it's not allowed. In the U.S., it's always been allowed. So the, the rules that were gotten rid of today did not uh, prohibit zero rating. And in Europe, uh, the EU left it to each individual country. So about half of them allow zero rating and half of them don't. I myself think that, uh, you know, if companies are crazy enough to give you something for free, you should take it. <laughs> I mean, that's the other side of it. I mean, we're, we're used to free searches on, on Google. We use Facebook for free, Twitter for free. You know, people have raised the prospect that that may all end, but there's really been nothing stopping these companies. If Facebook wanted to start charging people, they could have done so before, couldn't they? Of course they could, and you have to realize that everyone in the ecosystem is very profitable under the current state of affairs. Facebook is making a ton of money. Your ISP is making a ton of money. Uh, all you ask as a customer is to have a fast, open Internet. Why does everybody uh, think that you could make more money uh, degrading the service and giving the customer something they don't want? It's like a it's like if Nike said, well, we're making a lot of money with uh, uh, nice-looking, uh, durable, high-performance shoes, so we're going to make some unattractive, crummy shoes that, uh, that wear out quickly. I mean, why would that make you more money? It, the, the, way to, the way to be rich in the communications sector is to sell people lots of stuff and to keep raising prices for consumers, and quite frankly... Our carriers have got that message and are, are, are doing it quite well. As far as Canada's concerned, I, mean, I guess there's two points to consider here. One is that maybe we don't have as much competition as would ideally be the case, and that needs to be addressed. But I guess number two is the fact that for now, net neutrality, I guess, for all intents and purposes, will continue to exist here. Right? These changes don't necessarily impact Canadian regulations. Right. And so... Even the people who are very worried about what the Americans are doing uh, feel that very confident that Canada is protected. The uh, concern, if the U.S. Uh, ISPs did charge websites money, which I'm saying I think is an unrealistic concern, um, the concern is that Canadian apps and websites would be included and it would hurt the Canadian ecosystem. On the other hand, some people have said, if the Americans mess up their internet, then uh, Silicon Valley might move north, where the uh, uh, the internet has not moved up. So um, I don't think any of these concerns are really valid. But but people do uh, worry about some spillover from the U.S. But I guess for now, we'll at least be able to gauge the experience in the U.S. and compare that to Canada and and Europe, for example. That's right. We have a natural experiment going here. Uh, Canada and the U.S., two very similar economies, very similar ISPs, dramatically different regulations. So uh, I think the, uh, the, the people who are worried would forecast that in a couple of years, our Internet will be much faster, our Internet will be open, theirs will be blocked, and uh, we'll have more innovation than they will. So it'll be interesting to see. Yes, indeed it will. Uh, we'll leave it there for now then, uh, Kenneth. Thanks so much for the insight and appreciate you making some time for us here. 
Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Take care. Kenneth Englehart, uh, communication, privacy, and public policy law expert at Englehart Law in uh, Toronto. Also a senior advisor with Strategy Corp and a senior fellow with the C.D. Howe Institute. So he believes some of these fears are overblown, but in the end, I guess we'll be able to see who was right. Because as he said, we've got this real world experiment now with different rules in the United States, different rules in, in the Europe, uh, European Union and Canada. But it's a, he, the shoe analogy is interesting, isn't it? We had a, lots of colorful analogies this hour, I must say. But this one I, I think is interesting. So you're Nike. You've got competition from Adidas and Reebok or whoever else. So you try to make the best shoe and hope that people going into the shoe store are going to buy your shoe. Would it be to your benefit to make a crappier shoe and then try to pay the, the stores to not carry your competition? So we'll save money and we'll make crappier shoes and then we'll sell them anyway because we'll pay all the footlockers and everything lots of dough and make sure they block Adidas and Reebok. Would that make sense? I don't, I don't know that it would. And I think that's kind of what we're assuming is going to happen here. So where do you come down on this? 403-974-8255. Did the internet die today or does everybody just need to take a big, giant deep breath and just chill out a little bit here. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.